Warning, the Dub Talk podcast may contain language and content that is not suitable for a younger audience. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there may be spoilers for the helpful Fox Seiko side up to episode 8, as well as any other anime may occur. So please be very careful if there's a series you haven't listened to yet. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals in tonight's episode and do not reflect the podcast as a whole. But most importantly, we here at the People for the Ethical Treatment of Fox Girls, Love and Offerings Division, or PEFLU for short, have a statement to make regarding some recent allegations. First of all, all of our selected candidates for our Fox caregivers are vetted based on our morality standards. They're there to provide needed assistance to the user, as well as purification of any and all negative spirit energy they've obtained. Though Yasuko Koenji seems to be a special case for some reason. Any tail petting, use of fox tails as a down pillow, or ear fluffing is at the caregiver's discretion. Any other services, beyond that is illegal and may lead to the caregiver's suspension and or possible termination. We take our caregiving services very seriously. I mean, my goodness, we're not incorrigible. Good evening, my fellow friends of the floof. We are here to offer praise, give our offerings, and be overtaken by the joys that are brought into our lives through the means of the floofy floof. Don't those tails look oh so floofy? You just want to floof them? It's so oh so... <coughs> well, sorry about that, friends. I I seem to have been overtaken by a strange furry sensation there. Not sure what that was about. But, <laughs> but I think we should be okay going forward. <coughs> We of the Dub Talk Podcast are here to bring our offerings to the gods above. Fellow followers of Senko-sama, we are here to bestow our blessings to thee. I am Andrew, and joining me tonight are my fellow cohorts in the Senko Coalition, Jamal. I just got home from a long day of work and I'm ready to fluff some tails. That's the spirit. And Zenith. All praise to the floof. Everyone should honor and respect the floofy floof. Coco! Rub rub. Rub rub. Pet pet. <laughs> ah, this is going to be interesting for sure. I can already tell. <clears throat> Tonight, we'll give praise, be praised, and everything in between as we discuss our impressions of the English dub of... The Helpful Fox Senko-san. And for those who are curious about what this show is about, here's a brief synopsis I got off of Wikipedia. <laughs> Kuruto Nakano is a young salaryman with a very unhappy and stressful life, almost entirely occupied by his job in the company he works for. One night, after yet another day spent overworking, the moment he opens the door of his home, he finds a young and lovely child with fox ears and tails cooking dinner for him. Her name is Senko, an 800-year-old fox demigod, and she's been sent to Earth for the spirit 
would relieve... Oh, wait, hang on. I'm reading that wrong. She's been sent to Earth from the spirit world to relieve Kurato from his unhappy life and help him find happiness again. At that point, Kurato's life will start changing for the better, thanks to Senko. So this is a very interesting show we got on our hands. This is, I believe they call it a healing anime, or if I remember the correct term, Iyashike. Iyashike, I was, okay, I wanted to make sure I was correct. Iyashike, which is basically a slice-of-life subgenre that's very soothing and healing and relaxing. And for the most part, this is a show where a not, a lot of, not a lot of crazy things are gonna go down, but you're gonna hopefully feel nice and relaxed and comfy and cozy. It's also very, very cute. And I was watching this with my girlfriend, Ari, and throughout the entire anime, I just couldn't help, you know, I was squeeing the entire time because I want to floof the tails. Just, it's cute. It is very, very cute. I can definitely tell that <laughs> this is a cute time all around. And it's... There's a couple of other things in there I have to say, but this is a cute anime from the likes of one Dogakobo, who has done... Such things like Gabriel Dropout, New Game, and several other shows. Uh, also, Token Ranbu Hanamaru, since I know Megan would like me to bring that one up, but too. Which is true. So he's good at cute things, because, I mean, I haven't seen any of the anime, but I've seen screenshots from New Game, and he, it's cute. They, they very much do a lot of cute shows. There's a, couple of, there's a couple of them in the mix that I would say are a bit too dubious for my personal taste, but I say Psycho is still a good time. Mm -hmm. um, I see you're a man of culture as well. Oh, good God. Something like that, <laughs> yes. Look. <laughs> Look, regardless, I'm not going to lie. Senko is a very cute character. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, she's not cute. I guess for my own personal preference, I, I'm not too big on the whole... Um, thousand year old it's thousand years old but looks like a child character design thing that's a personal thing about me though i do think there's a couple of things that they do with senko that i think actually kind of works but that's more going into the actual dubbing localization process in and of itself <laughs> which we will get to later tonight for sure now as for where we start tonight's impressions uh we will be covering this is not a full review. This is covering our thoughts and impressions of the first eight episodes of Senko-san. Uh, Ending with the beach episode, because there's always a beach episode. Mm. <laughs> so, starting off tonight, we will be first covering the ADR director and script writer for this particular show. And as this is an impressions episode, it is a good thing for me to ask if anybody in our audience had any predictions for this particular show. Uh, Zen, Jamal, did you two have predictions for the show? My prediction is that an 800-year-old fox would voice herself. That would basically just be a screaming fluffy fox, which I've seen them wander around the neighborhood. They're probably cute, but they seem like very unreliable voice talent. 
<laughs> if you can get a hold of one, they would be good. Please don't forcefully go around chasing foxes and catching them. That's not very floofy, nice. Floofy floof, I must pet the floof. Even if they're floofy, that's not nice to your local ecosystems. Jamal. Mm, mm, mm. Jamal, did you have predictions? I may have had one, but for one character. Because, to be honest, I didn't think we were going to cover this show. I, I still watched it anyway, so I didn't really make any formal predictions, to be honest. Totally fair, I get you. I honestly never do predictions because while I am getting a lot better than I was when I first started with Dub Talk, I like I'm I'm not very good at casting, although I'm good at recognizing voices because I recognize I think Brittany Karbowski in the last Dub Talk I was on, so I'm getting better in that regard. You also had an extended leave, and it's nice to have you back in the back in the seat with us, friend. I, I am alive again, and uh, for those of you wondering, I see this like at the beginning of like the last two episodes, but that's because I've also had health issues in between episodes. Um, I have just discovered that I have sciatica, which is not fun, but now that I know what it is, I can work through it, and I have been back at work and, and um, actually active again, which is very, very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we are glad and happy to have you back, friend. And so, I can say safely that just on a whim, I actually did make predictions for the Helpful Fox Psycho Summon. I did not have predictions for the writer, but I had two guest predictions in regards to who would be the director of this stuff. I had two in mind for two particular shows. Kyle Phillips... Specifically because of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and Jade Saxton for interviews with Monster Girls. Those were the two I had in mind. Both have done some very interesting, diverse shows, but both are really good at slice-of-life comedies. And I figured either of these two directors would be very capable in these capable... I was going to say shoes... This, the foxes don't have paws. Do foxes have paws? Uh, I, I I think the real question yeah. is, what does the fox say? God uh, damn it. I was going to use that joke later. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is we used it already, so let's just never talk about it again. Thanks, Ed. <laughs> but, the, but uh, I mean, in these capable um, floofs, I believe they call them beans, toe beans. Okay. So, okay, this is gonna sound weird. So, who was the capable director or directors to fill these capable beans? Direct me to the correct answer, Mr. Andrew. Okay, as for who our director is, it is two, actually. Our director for Senko-san is... Jade Saxton, and assisting her is Morgan Garrett. As for the writer of this particular dub, that would be one Kristen McGuire. Now, Jade Saxton has directed such shows as Interviews with Monster Girls, Token Ranbu Hanamaru, Strike Witches 501st Joint Fighter Wing Takeoff, 
Magical Girl Racing Project, and Endro. Morgan Garrett has directed such projects as The Strike, which as I mentioned earlier, Endro, and Fairy Gone, just to name a few. Kristen McGuire has written for such shows as Dagashi Kashi, Love Live Sunshine, Magical Girl Racing Project, High School DxD Hero, and Interviews with Monster Girls. In case you were paying attention, this is a team of ladies that have all worked together in the past on various other dubs. So you can tell this is a reunion of sorts, and they are people who work well together. So, starting us off with our thoughts of this trio and their work of the dub behind the scenes. Zenith, please tell us your thoughts on the direction and the script. Now, here's where I'm going to say something that you will not normally hear from me, because in past episodes, um, I have been very harsh on directorial choices when they deviate from the script or they make references to modern day culture. Um, and you, you may have heard me in a few other episodes talk about how, you know, I don't enjoy that. Here's the thing, though. I really love this dub and this dub does take some leeway it does do a few references there's a couple meme references there's a dragon ball z over 9000 reference mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in an episode but i think this really fits for what they're going for with this dub and it doesn't overstay its welcome it's very good at keeping it to the characters who are involved in in uh like the, the the people who make the meme references are the two in, who are in otaku culture the people who would know these references and they don't give them to the foxes themselves and so when these ju when these jokes do come up they seem very natural and tied to uh the the characters especially because you have a character who's a manga artist when she makes the bomb.com reference ah. you know, she she totally would do that because that's the type of character she is. And I honestly feel like they towed the perfect line of updating it to to make to make modern American lingo while still keeping it faithful to the original Japanese, especially because several of these characters are supposed to speak in very old style speak because, you know, 800-year-old fox spirits, and yet it still sounds very natural and stilted at the same time. So this this is a hard thing to adapt. I think they did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Jamal, what did you think? Well, as I've said time and time again with Jade Saxton, she loves to direct dubs with bit sincerity to them. Because I know this is not the first show she's directed that involved foxes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Oh, yes! Kono Hanakitan was a thing, and we might bring that up at some point tonight as well. Mm-hmm. So, it really should be a no surprise to me that she does very well in this... Very well directed this show. Very well with her casting, because I know... I watched a review of this, and they had the the uh, sample of the Japanese clip, to which, no offense to Junichi Suwabe, you're a very nice say you, but 
listening to that clip, it sounded like Seiko and uh, Nakano. It sounded like Nakano was an old man indulging. So I... You're, you're, you know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I love Junichi Sawabe, but it definitely is a interesting pick for somebody in their 20s. Let's put it like that. So I'm glad Jade managed to alleviate the show because it makes it feel more wholesome than the Japanese and bringing Morgan on board, which I'm excited to talk about Morgan again because I never I never really knew we could talk about her in this capacity, but I'm interested to see what episodes it is that she directed. But I think they I think the two did a pretty good job. I know I can't wait to talk more with Morgan because I get to see her like maybe the end of August because she one of the actresses in this show come to a small con near me. Oh, as for cool. as for the writing, I'm very familiar with Kristen's work because I know at times she will stay faithful to the script, and there are also times when she needs to put something to localization. She'll use her Kristenisms, which works like nine times out of ten. I still have a problem with the word swole being used in slime. But that's just me. But she does very well with the script. And, uh, <laughs> I kind of made it a habit to like write down some interesting lines she put. Like, as we discussed, you're the bob.com. Uh, sounds like cleaning sucks. That was the scene with the uh, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> uh, Hurricane Quenchy is passed. Who's anime? I thought that one was pretty good. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, the part where it's like, oh, it's an anime. Who is this anime you speak of? Which. That that, it, that that really worked for the character too. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, another one. Ah, see, this is the manga you were talking about, which is kind of interesting for a later purpose. But I, I, I really like what Kristen is though. The script. I mean, she could put as many Kristenisms as she wants to. This kind of fits her environment. Oh, I almost forgot. You mentioned the Dragon Ball Z reference, but you noticed there was a Sailor Moon reference as well. It's like. It's all it's all thanks to me, and Koichi's just going like, but you didn't do anything. Oh, if, oh god! I wasn't sure if that was actually a Sailor Moon reference or not. I, I thought I thought that was a Simpsons reference, actually. No, no. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> Thank well, you for reminding me. That's another thing too, because I know some people have kind of little issues with the show because of its dubiousness. Because I've seen on Twitter some parents have been watching the show with the kids. I think it's kind. The show is kind of double-edged in the Simpsons kind of way, where to the kids, some of the jokes seem funny and, like, it's not something they'll understand until they're an adult later. So, thank you for reminding me. Uh, I'm sorry. I I was not expecting the show comparison of choice for tonight to be The Simpsons. To be honest, the early Simpsons. Very early. Well, I mean, Anyways, they did look, make a step on me joke in one of the episodes. That's not a Simpsons thing. That's just a, <laughs> that's just a thing, like a thing. No. Also, he liked it when I stepped on him. <laughs> but like, how about what? What? What is Shiro just gonna strangle El Senko like Bart? Like, is that what's gonna happen? Is that what you're gonna? Happen? Um. No, I was I was I was talking about, but you didn't do anything. Didn't I? Wow. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, okay, you know what? Yes, that 
Ah, okay, I got what you're getting. But I, I kind of did recognize that seemed like a very Sailor Moon thing of the whole tuxedo mask thing. Like, I've done all that I can. You didn't do anything. I, I, I gave you moral support. Ah, uh, good lord. Ah. Uh, but overall, so, sounds like your impression of the dub and the script is very favorable. Is that to be assumed correctly? That yes. is correct. Also, I totally ship Koenji and Shiro. Make it happen. Uh, uh, sure. Sure. Sure, why not? All right. So, as for my thoughts on this, uh, Jade Saxton is a director who has really impressed me in the past couple of years and some of the work she's done. I am a huge huge fan of interviews with monster girls that is a show that i think is highly underrated and one of my personal favorites i think it's it's a fantastic show um i've also seen her tackle a lot of uh dramas and some action stuff and some just overall ensemble comedies she's very impressive because she can work with both a large ensemble as well as a smaller tighter niche Tight, tighter niche? Tighter, tighter knit? Tighter knit? Better, smaller cast. I, I I can't think of the, the fancy words to say tighter. There's only like four characters in it. The, well, five. There, there's five. like five, four, maybe five characters in the entirety of the show that actually matter. Of course, there's a couple of ensemble characters and there's that one office guy that recurs every now and then. But for the most part, you're, we're working with we're working with a cast of characters that you can count on one hand. So, I'm going to call that guy Masuda because, damn it, Masuda. <laughs> like, basically, Jade is capable with a smaller cast and a larger cast. But this is a much smaller cast of characters. And what's interesting is that a number of them, some they're, they're not exactly, like, new names, but they are very green as far as named roles are concerned and this is the kind of show that you can definitely work with some of those people and definitely build some of their registers and their abilities to act and get more experienced with the anime dubbing simul dub spear so yeah it's very interesting to see uh jade as well as morgan who I've seen Morgan work with her a lot lately over the past, like, couple of shows that they've been paired together on, and I'm not sure how whose is what, but I can definitely tell that Morgan is probably going to be somebody to look out for. And I've liked a lot of the comedic deliveries of these performances, because some of these are newer actors who I really have not heard nearly as much from, and they've gotten some pretty good laughs out of me, a couple of these performances, and just... The interesting registers and deliveries, especially in regards to certain characters having older-sounding mannerisms sometimes, or having holier-than-thou talk, which I think is actually... They sound distinct, or they sound what they should be, even though they are small fox people. And the script is a ton of fun, because definitely, while this is a very calm, relaxing show, it is also very silly and fun, and there's a lot of playful anime dialogue, but there's a couple of there's a couple of fun quips in there for sure. Um, there's definitely a lot that I want to say for the specific character sections, but there's a lot of fun phrases that were thrown in there that I thought were worth mentioning. Um, 
twice the floof under just one roof was one that I got a considerable chuckle out of. That one I enjoyed. Though, I will say, another one I thought was very funny was... I don't particularly care for a lot of, like, boob jealousy jokes. So I was just very amused by uh, the matter-of-fact way Senko says, I'm built more like a plateau than a mountain, so there's not much to see. Just the matter-of-fact <laughs> way she delivers that line, it's just, oh, that's, that's a delight. And it's just... Of course, the... You mentioned Bomb.com and Over 9000. We're not even going to bring up the fact that she says my body is ready. It's like, you know what? You I know knew what? I forgot to write down that line. I caught that one. It's like, <laughs> you know what, you fucks? I will allow it. That one was funny. Koenji is delightful. And all the dialogue in this is a ton of fun. You can definitely tell Kristen is having a good old time with this one. And I gotta say, all in all, yeah, the... This is a smaller cast to really build off of, and I think Morgan and Jade are building some of these performances and these characters very intently. And the script is a ton of fun, and these characters are definitely having a lot of fun with some of the things that they are for sure saying. And I think now is as good a time as any to get to our first character. Uh, First up, we are discussing a much larger Fox character in the form of Yozora, who seems to be a much more senior member of the Fox Spirit demigods. You can tell she is much older and much more senior in her position because... Uh, what's the best way to phrase this? She has huge tracts of land. Oh, Jesus Christ. She, uh, there is... Uh, yeah, huge tracts of land is about as good as we're gonna get. Uh, <laughs> she's... She's bursting at the seams with... Uh, oh, holy energy. She's overflowing with confidence. Overflowing with confidence. Uh, Let's just say she has the mountains and not the plateaus. In yes, you know what? I'm gonna leave it at that. She has the mountains and not the plateaus. That's a good way to. Ain't 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 no mountains high enough, man. <laughs> ain't no mountains high enough when you're a goddamn god. <laughs> Anyways, yo Zora. Uh, so. As far as predictions, like, there really isn't that much to say about this particular character, but I still think they are worth addressing since she shows up a couple of times and she has a very, she's a very fun, she's a very nice design. I like, she looks very attractive. Um, <laughs> look, look, I'm not going to deny it. She's way older than you. She's probably like 10,000 years old. <laughs> yes, but at least she doesn't look like she would be at elementary. So that works for me. <laughs> Anyways, so as far as predictions go, uh, I believe you two said you did not have predictions? I nope. Mean, I mean, I could make an obvious one, but it'd be kind of cheatsy, if you know what I mean. Fair enough. I believe what I... Actually, fun fact, when I was making predictions for this one, I was actually having trouble trying to find Yazora's name. Like, I found Senko, Nakano, Koenji, and Shiro, but I could not discover what her name was. So, in making these predictions, I literally just wrote 
according to her character design, and I wrote her as, and I quote, MILF wolf whose name I cannot yet find. Or as we say on the Simpsons movie, thank you, boob lady. Thank you, boob ladies, another one. Like, I literally had trouble finding her name, and that was what I wrote. And I apologized. I, I called her a wolf when she is a fox. I apologize, though, Yazora. Yazora also sounds like something out of Final Fantasy to me. I should probably talk about my actual prediction now. I thought, yeah. Elizabeth, I thought Elizabeth Maxwell would be good because she's got that uh, authoritative, sultry voice to this character that I thought would lend well to itself. Not to mention, I can totally see... Uh, her character from Noragami fitting this character a lot. Uh, Bishamon, I can very much hear Bishamon's voice coming out of this particular character. Now, as for who actually played Yazora, that would be one Don Bennett. Don Bennett, you'll as know as such characters as Nagisa Aragaki from Hanabado, Minowa Asagaya from Anime Gatari's, Kale from Dragon Ball Super, THE LEGENDARY TIME! Oh, oh god, hang on. <laughs> THE LEGENDARY TAYAMADA! THE LEGENDARY TAYAMADA! I was trying to do that, and then I had like a hiccup burp in the middle of saying Tayamada. <laughs> so you can never just say, I, I can't even say, you have to say THE LEGENDARY TAYAMADA! THE LEGENDARY TAYAMADA from Zombieland Saga, and, hilariously enough, Satsuki from Konohata Kitan, which aesthetically and tonal-wise sounds like a much more mature Satsuki from Konohata Kitan in her delivery. Which, Zen, I hope totally recommend you check out Konohana Kitan when you get the chance. If you want, if you're waiting for new episodes of Sanko and you want to watch something very similar, I think you'd absolutely adore Konohana Kitan. Yes, please. But all right, well, I will. I plan on watching it then, because this was this to me was cute, incarnate. So I, I'll, I'll get on that. Okay, <laughs> good, because it is also a show directed by our lovely director Jade Saxton as well. So if you want another seal of quality, something to check out. And it too is also an Iyashike. And it is also about very cute fox girls that may or may not be gay. <clears throat> Yay, all about the gay. Woo-woo. Anyways, uh, now, tell us what you thought about uh, Yozora and Don Bent. Um, I think she did a pretty good job. Unfortunately, she only had, like, a line in one or two episodes. Like, I thought the voice was pretty good, but I didn't get a chance to really see her use her voice that much, if that makes sense, because... She was only, like, in one episode majorly, and she had, like, a second, like, one second line in the very first episode. So, like, I thought it was good. I just, we didn't get a chance to really see the character outside of her being, like, a, she seems like a nine-tailed fox kind of character. So I'm waiting for Naruto to, like, be the host for this character or something like that. What? I'm glad I'm not the only one that had that in mind. <laughs> so I, I think she's more of like a flat out kitsune that's with okay th did she have nine tails she had multiple tails we did not get to see how many she had because they only they did the thing where they only show like a little bit of her 
you know, initially she's just like, you know, they don't even show her face. Okay, then, I, I found yeah. a, I found a picture of her. She has four tails. Okay, okay. She does not have nine tails. She just has four equally uber super purple floofy tails. Well, that's four times the floof under one roof. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at this point the math cannot contain the floofiness. <laughs> All right, please continue. Um, but yeah, like she did a pretty good job. Um, I do want to floof her tails, um, but I'm a cat girl. But yeah, n- not not like an anime cat girl. But I'm 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 into cats. I have I have cats, and so I would pet the floof. That's that's all I can say. Please tell me you would love and appreciate the cat to not do the strange things to the cats. Please and thank you. What? Okay, never mind. <laughs> all right, but overall, you like Don as this character. Yes, I I do like Don as this character. Okay, um, Jamal, tell us your thoughts. I, I find it strange that Don's character is a cross between Daru Dayu from Show by Rock and Satsuki from Konoha Nikitan. To which Satsuki was the uh, obvious choice I was making earlier. I mean, come on, you can't tell me you didn't take a Don. Well, you didn't actually, but. Yeah, for what we heard, I mean, Don Ben did a pretty good job, and. I mean. Of course, this is a voice I'm not used. To. I'm now used to because you know back in the day I used to get her and Whitney Rogers confused. Who also played Yozu in another show, but that's a different story. <laughs> like a different character named Yozura. Yes. Neat. It's a small anime world. There's a lot of similar names. Look, sometimes there's a lot of original names. Sometimes there's a lot of character names. Like every name means something, but. Take a drink anytime you see an anime and somebody's named Makoto. Or Satsuke. I actually don't know that many other animes that have a character named Sasuke. There's a couple. Okay, discussion for another time. Please continue, Jamal. But yeah, she did pretty good. I'm interested to see like where this is going to lead. Because as of now, we've only seen her, what, two episodes? She showed up to, I think, maybe three. I mean, I only seen her in episode one and eight. I can't recall any other episode she was in. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's interesting to see where she takes this character. And that's all I have to say. Alrighty then. Um, anyways. So, Dawn Bennett, as an actress, as I have observed through several other uh, Dub Talk podcasts, is an extremely well-rounded verse. Oh God! Mm. <laughs> I just got that. Uh, well-rounded. <laughs> I realized <laughs> as soon as I said it too. Fact. <laughs> She's one of two characters in the show who's well-rounded. So should we say? <laughs> Wait, I want to know who's the other. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I know who yeah. You're talking about. It's process of elimination. Anyway, Dawn Bennett <laughs> is a versatile actress with a very diverse range of voices and performances at her disposal, beck and call. 
She is capable of doing extremely high-pitched voices. She is capable of doing extremely low-pitched voices. She is able to do things in between or all at once. Yazora falls in the lower register of her tone of voice, which is comparable to characters like Satsuki from Konohana Kitan and Tai Yamada's gruff... The legendary Sorry. Tai Yamada. Sorry, correct, correct. The legendary Tai Yamada! It's more like that, because she's got that much lower <laughs> gruff and groan to her tone of voice, if you get what I'm saying. But it's really interesting to see Dawn's development into a voice actor. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm not even trying anymore. You're just being an immature child right now, Zenith. Come on. <sighs> Anyways, uh, Dawn Bennett is a very talented actress. I really like the sultry tone of voice that she gives this character. She sounds very senior in her tone of voice. She's confident, suave, and sexy, but also with a hint of class and authority where she is benevolent and you can tell that she she is not commanding, but you can tell she knows everything and she has been alive for a long period of time. She understands the way of the world, both its good and its bad parts. And it comes across in her voice. It's very interesting to see how she talks and I wish she showed up more because she's got a very cool design and she is very attractive. That's all I have to say about that, but Dawn is very good as Yozora, and I hope to hear more of her soon. But, Yozora's good, but she does not hold a candle to I, the great Shiro. So let's talk about Shiro. Shiro is a white-tailed kitsune who is presumably the same age at her as her compatriot Senko, who just kind of shows up to check on Sen, who she calls Sen, but is nowhere near as modest or humble as her ally. She is, she is small, but she is very full and larger than life. From the way she acts, from the way she struts her stuff, and from the way she plays video games, she makes her authority known. Did either of you have predictions for this character or have any thoughts on this lovely little white white fox lady? Nope. All right. For the great Shiro, I had two predictions at who I thought would be a good fit for this character. I thought... Either Megan Shipman would be a good for, fit for this character because I looked at her and I thought I could see a very smug Alba from New Game coming out of this character and I think she could totally pull it off. Another one who I thought I see a particular voice out of Shiro, I thought Kristen McGuire would have been a very solid pick for Shiro because I see a lot of Malim in this particular character and I thought that would have been a very strong fit for Shiro. As for who actually voiced the character of Shiro, that would be one Kristen Sutton. Kristen Sutton, you'll have heard play such characters as Uniel from Magical Girl Racing Project, 
Angelini, I believe that's how you say it, from a certain magical index too. Angeline. Oh, Angeline. Okay, I was just gonna say Angelini just because that sounded like an Italian pasta, and I'm down for that. Um, <laughs> Alice Corner from Wise Man's Grandchild, Yuki Hoshikawa from Chio School Road, and Himeno Kimihara from A Centaur's Life. So, Zen. What did you think of Kristen as Shiro? Or what did you think about this interesting little fox lady herself? Um, this is one of the few characters I actually kind of had a problem with. Not because, I, I don't think this is a bad voice acting job. It's just, this is a very difficult character to voice because she's supposed to act childish but be very old and it does come across but i feel like it could have been a little bit more higher pitched because there is definitely several times where you know when she says i the great chiro and i you know i kept thinking her more as senko's age rather than you know what they were trying to portray with the childishness and i i honestly feel like well it does work for the show it just kind of it 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 just kind of threw me off several times. There were definitely some lines where I'm just like, "This is still cute, but I kind of wish she was a little bit higher pitched." All right, you good? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I I understand. Yeah, Jamal, what did you think? I kind of have to disagree with that because the whole thing with Shiro is that she can be a bit haughty at times because you know. And she displays it kind of proudly because she even said herself that her white fur is uh, part of her lineage, of her pure blood lineage, if you will. So she kind of just displays that as if it actually really means something. T to the point, I don't know, I guess, I don't know what it is with these foxes because I guess, I guess the better way to equate it is Kind of the old, she's kind of the Ojo Sam of the foxes without the laugh. Yes, yes, actually, that's that's what I was trying to think. That is exactly if, if she had had the laugh, that honestly would have been better for me because I do get this kind of character, and I'm not saying she did a bad job. I think she did a great job. It just it, it was very hard for me certain times. Um, but then again, she doesn't let him pet the floof, and that also upsets me. <laughs> Oh, you, oh! So you're mad at her because oh, she didn't let him pet the floof. Yeah, I'm, I'm mad at her, not the actress, but the character. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if she had laughed, that kind of killed the wholesomeness this show has to offer because it's like ninety percent wholesome. <laughs> and I, and I actually like her pitch because I'm, I'm, from, I'm used to Kristen Sutton's voice. Like even if I haven't heard her in as many roles, she has a distinct pitch that I could pick it up very easily. So like she didn't need to go overboard or anything. She has just the right amount she needed for this character. Alrighty, I definitely it was definitely interesting to hear uh, Kristen's work for Shiro because you can very much tell that. Uh, she has a higher-pitched voice, and I wasn't sure what this character was going to be like when they first appeared. And then as I actually started getting into the show, it was very clear, okay, you are 
As you described, I was trying to figure out the word. It was, she is an Ocho-sama type character. She is loud and proud, but definitely, despite being the same age as Senko, acts a lot more childish and immature. But that does make a very fun foil in regards to how she interacts with all the characters around her. She's high-strung, but she's very cute in her own way. But she's also kind of demanding in and of itself, especially in that when she's like, let's play video games and I will make I will sit on you and you are now my chair. It's like you make a incredibly comfortable chair. Also, I'm going to take your jacket. Also. Oh, yeah. She just takes the jacket. Yeah. How rude. It's like, I don't know if she was too embarrassed or she's just like, oh, this is mine now. This is my payment. But it's just like, I mean, come on, girl, <laughs> return the jacket. That's rude. Or at least at least let it be like, here, you can keep it or something. <laughs> I mean, having lived with someone like that who who wanted to steal my jacket, it, it happens. It happens, but at some point, it, it, it's like, look, going to their place is one thing. Going to the spirit world that you can only access through specific Tory gates and uh, Fox transportation powers makes it a little tricky to receive it back if you would like it back. It's just a jacket. I mean, is there like some sort of UPS service in regards to the shrines? I mean, she could probably just open up a portal she did for the beach. Hmm. What do you, which do you think would win? Uh... The Shiro's transportating powers or Amazon Prime? My money's on Shiro. Shiro. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. Yes, indeed. I would rather have Shiro Prime, also known as the Great Shiro. The Great Shiro Prime. <laughs> Sounds like the most... I would watch the shit out of that Transformer show. <laughs> But, no, yeah. Uh, well, it's just you and me, Megatron. <laughs> okay, now I just want to see her, like, beat the shit out of Megatron. <laughs> or, would she... You think she'd play Megatron in... Oh, God, I gotta remember the game. Yes, I remember. Super Fluff Brothers Melee was the... Uh, oh, my God, I... <laughs> First of all, I love the concept of of all the different references, especially because it's a PS4 system. It's a with PlayStation a, a, playing a knockoff Nintendo game. Don't think about with, it. With with Switch and, cases. And, and did you notice? You could, if you listen closely, you can hear Super Mario Brothers in one of the games. It's a Zelda type game, mind you. Yeah. But but it's just the fact that there's a Super Fluff Brothers, and he was the one who bought it. He's just all about that floof. Oh, he this, just this, needs this, that floof. This is yeah, because keep, keep in mind, one of the games was Star Fluff. Oh, Star Fluff. Oh, I, I completely missed Star Okay, come, okay. <laughs> That's the one time you probably could have gotten away with putting Fox in the title, and that was already copyrighted. <laughs> but... Look, I'm, I'm just thinking that must be a shitty game to play because it looks like it's not even hitting 30 frames a second. I don't think that would have a very good lifeline at Evo. Just saying. Also, Chiro is totally a cheating fox. Mm. Mm. Oh, he's totally a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Got it. It's the great pumpkin, Chiro. Oh, God damn it! But no, Christine is like I'm not that familiar with Christine as an actress, but she has this nice 
fluffy, high-pitched voice to her. Fluffy. <laughs> yes, I realized as soon as I said it. You know what? It, look, it still holds true. She sounds... She sounds like what a fluffy character that was very high-strung and sure of themselves would be. But it's also kind of... I really like Shiro's dynamic with Koenji, too. Because it's very clear that she's an enabler in regards to Koenji's bad otaku habits. It's like, oh, yep. I, you can dress me up in the cute things if you buy this for me. Okay, thanks, bye. It's like, oh, come on. But she's a lot of fun. And Kristen's got a nice high register to her. And she's got a very lot of fun things she says. Like, I, I love the fact that it's like, I, the great Shiro, was happy to help, but you didn't do anything. I offered you moral support. And I love when they get to the beach and it's like, yeah, the beach, baby. It's just the way she exclaims that's fun. She's got a fun. I was also wondering, how the hell did she get that outfit? It's like, oh, you made you made her buy everything for you. It's cute. But Kristen's got a very interesting tone of voice for her that I think works very well for the high and mighty hoity-toity uh, Shiro. She is the same age, but she is clearly a lot more immature and childish. But I think that's a fun balance in regards to Sanko and the other characters. Also, uh, she works really well off of Koenji. Like, I I just love seeing them together, especially in the beach episode. They're just so fun to watch. That intro promised, like, those two would drink together. And I really want to watch these two be drinking buddies. Like, <laughs> that seems like that'd be a ton of fun. Speaking of which, let's talk about Koenji. Koenji, she is a fucking mood because she is a college student. She's also a mangaka. She's living her best life, but she works too hard at her work. She's very into the otaku culture. She doesn't get enough sleep and she doesn't eat enough. And you can very much tell that she's just trying to survive. She's also very confused at why... Her neighbors are a very curious couple, but she kind of stops questioning the logic of why his wife slash mother, so to speak, <laughs> is also a fox, but she he doesn't care. She makes the good food. Also, like, literally, at some point, it's just like, look, this is a cute show, but there's a couple of moments where it's like, oh, I'm his wife and his mother, where my immediate thought was, hello, let's get the police back on the line. Something's up here. But she's yeah, just like, you know what? You know what? You fed me. I've been starving for like three days off of like 300 yen. You're good people. I don't care whatever kinky shit you're into as long as you feed me. Someone who makes such good food can't be a bad person. And she said she was legal, so it's okay. Yeah, let's not forget episode <laughs> 8 where she's just randomly teleported. Knocked out on her side. All of a sudden she just wakes up at the beach. She doesn't know how she got there. Uh, it's literally just, oh, I love that exchange when, like, she comes through her wall, by the way, and it's just like, oh, hi. Hi. Bye. And it's like, oh, wait, I got the wrong place. Bye. But, yeah, no, Koenji is a lot of fun, and I relate to her and her struggle, and she needs some more food and sleep. As <laughs> for predictions, I am assuming that the two of you did not have predictions for Koenji. This was the nope. only. This was the only prediction I had for her because when I heard the name Koenji, I my first my immediate thought was a uh, Koenji from Anime Gatories because this was it looked more or less the same type of character, so I had Elizabeth Maxwell. Interesting. 
Oh, okay, yeah, she does kind of look a little bit like her character from Anime Got Trees, just with the glasses and the otaku stuff. I see it now. As for me, I had two characters in mind. Well, not two characters, two actors in mind. I thought Felicia Angeal, because she's got, like, she sounds soft-spoken, but you can tell she can play tired college student who's trying her best. And I thought Felicia's voice would have been very fitting for OMG. <laughs> Uh, have you have you seen Koenji's jacket? I, I I watched eight episodes of the show, so yes. Does that jacket remind you of any Felicia's characters in particular? Kill a kill? Wait! Oh fuck you! You're right. It's Asahita's jacket. Yes. Really, Zen? Oh well, see, I'm I'm I was more thinking of the hair. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, but look at the jacket. It does look like it's a red sports jacket. It's just like Aoyasahina. Shit, you're right. Oh my god, damn it! I, I'm sorry. I'm out of the loop. I've had I have been stuck in my apartment for three and a half months, and then I got food poisoning. I don't get out much. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, don't feel too bad. Look, I just want to know when you're going to start Danganronpa V3. I'm very excited to see what you're going to think of that. I definitely need to start playing it because I keep seeing, uh, you know, people drawing the robot guy shipped with the 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 sexy uh, the goth sexy chick. the sexy inventor girl, and you're seeing that because I'm retweeting all of it, and I ship Mio and Kibo fucking hard. I don't care. Anyways, got. God damn it! Now, now I'm gonna look at Koenji, and she looks even more like Azahita. I hate you, Duval. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. You're not Plus, sorry. Plus, I mean, she would probably like donuts too. Oh, yeah, she probably would eat donuts. Very happy. Uh, I had a second prediction as well. Uh, Monica Rial, I thought, would have been a very good fit for Koenji as well. I'm not going to dwell on this more just because I don't want to keep thinking about the dog and rope comparisons, but now it's unavoidable and I hate this. All right. Now, as for who is actually playing the character of Koenji, that is one. Stalling for time because I'm looking for the tweet, 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 tweet. You want me to pronounce it for you? Ah, nope, I got it. Uh, Hayden Davio. 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 <laughs> Hayden Davio. Uh, Hayden Davio has played such characters as. I've... I'm not scrolling with my mouse since I would just come through the mouse. Uh. Bleh, I'm prepared, I promise. Uh, Hayden has played such characters as young Vanessa in Black Clover, Batard in Ulysses, Jean d'Arc and the Alchemist Knight, Mariko Komiya in Boogie Pop and Others, and the Priestess in Goblin Slayer. Now, starting us off from the top, Zenith, what did you think of Hayden and Koenji? I, first of all, Koenji is one of my favorite characters all together in this show she is a mood she is you know and, and the thing is she is so tired she doesn't notice the things around her and i understand this because i work the night shift <laughs> and i'm constantly forgetting things so it's just like i can totally she is my mood 
like all all together plus you know total like otaku loves like maid outfits and all this other stuff i like cute things i'm like koenji's awesome and um i i really love her voice actress again she works really well off shiro whatever problems i have with the voice acting of shiro they just work so well together um i also one of my favorite episodes was the the introduction of koenji because of the way like she's like stop stop shouting and she goes in and like gets ready to call the police like i i lost it i lost it that episode um but yeah she just has this this uh college student vibe about her uh she definitely sounds a little bit older than some of the other characters but that she she plays this tired worn out college student really really well and uh again she's a mood She's doing her... Ah, dropped my phone. She's doing her best. She's doing the best with what she got. And, uh, I mean, you know, when she went out to the beach and, you know, she she tried to catch stuff with her bare hands. I was just... Again, she's one of my favorite characters. Oh, honey. Oh, honey, sweetie. You're trying your best. Please get some sleep and food. Jamal, what did you think of Koenji and Hayden? Uh... Davio, I need a... Davio! Davio, Davio, Davio. I promise, Hayden, I will get this someday, I promise. It's growing pains to pronunciation. Please don't call us out in the comments, he's trying his best. He's trying his best, it's okay, we we, we can pet his floof. Damn. You're doing good. Damn right, you better <laughs> fucking pet the floof. I don't want to think about Andrew's floof right now. <laughs> Before I say anything, I would just like to preface preface something. Actors are not their characters. Sometimes they may look like them. Sometimes they may act like oh fuck. Actors are not their characters. Sometimes they may act like them or bring their own sense of personality something to the table. And we could debate how much of this to cut later. Because I know that both these people are content creators. Hated doing audio dramas, Koenji doing manga, so I know she can relate to this character easily. How much so is the foul fox in business? That having been said, her performance as Koenji is pretty much my favorite standout in the entire show. Just because Koenji seems to be, yeah, like you said, a big mood. She's also a bit of a fangirl too, having been a, being a fan of Little Yoko and Nari go to which, uh, shout out to Macy Ann Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, I was wondering who played that character, and I looked it up, and it's like, oh, that's Macy Ann Johnson. Good on you, girl. I love yeah. the Yoko character so much. <laughs> so I love so I love how, so I love how Hayden, Hayden makes this character. It, it was just, it was a ton of, it was a ton of fun to watch whenever she was on screen, I mean, compared to the main two. But, you know, I mean, it was really a knockout. And honestly, I can't really picture anybody else playing Koenji. Like, I know she's not a name we're familiar with. Because the last couple of things I saw her in was Goblin Slayer. But her voice is more closer to, uh, to Batard and Ulysses. To which I'm probably the only other person that's ever watched the show in the group. Uh, at least in this call, I would say, yes, you're the only one. <laughs> Though I have heard her do a Toad impression in a Let's Play, which was very good. I just hate Toad's new voice. But anyway, yeah. Koenji's What's wrong big... with Toad? 
Wait, no, wait. Hang on. It needs a little more, like, gravel in there. Oh, that's wrong way town. It's ah. the... It's the gravity part. I kind of prefer the old voice from the old games. But anyway. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but... <laughs> you can't see it, Andrew, but I'm pounding my fists. <laughs> we we get along here swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, swim uh... swimmingly. Anyway, yeah, Koenji's a big boot, and Hayden really manages to match that energy very well. I'm just wondering what direction Jade gave her, because... I really like, especially the fango parts and the the beach episode, because Jesus Christ, she can go overboard. But at least it's not like overboard to the point of cringiness. It's just the right amount of overboard. Mhm. Mm also, the best parts are when Shiro walks through the walls. She takes a look at her. It's like, how long have I been up? And time to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, being a content creator myself, I that I can definitely relate to that easily. <laughs> I know that all too well because I've been up all night, you know, rendering streams and and, and other stuff. Mm. Mm. All right, I'm done. Okay, I was just making sure. <clears throat> so I am definitely. I did not watch a lot of Goblin Slayer, but I did see some clips and pieces in regards to Hayden's voice as the priestess. I can definitely say this is the most I've really gotten to hear of Hayden as an actress. And all in all, as far as first impressions really go, very favorable. Koenji is tomboyish, but very cutesy and adorable when she's hungry and flustered. She's a bit, like, stern and tired, but she's got the right amount of goofy fangirl in her, too. And she's got some of my favorite quips in the show outside of our main duo. Uh, a couple of notable ones I wrote down. If someone invites you into their home and gives you free food, they must be nice, which that is that is not how that works at all. Please, if a stranger invites you into their home with the enticement of free food, please, please make sure you are safe and don't go in there. Especially after she's ready to call the cops because of other reasons. She's ready to yeah. call the cops because there's like a domestic dispute and a small child that is claiming to be a mother wife, which, like, look, outside, even looking in with context, that's still very... Uh, but then she's just like, oh, this shit tastes good. I'm good. You're good. We're cool. We cool. But it's like... And, but she also just says a couple of great other lines in there, too. It's just like... I just want to pet cats for a living. Is that too much to ask? Another big mood right there. <laughs> and then when she... Another thing is when she's just like, Yeah, my self-control is top-notch. Go me! And just how much of a goddamn super fangirl she is when she makes Senko try in the maid outfit. She's just like practically drooling and salivating. Like, oh my god, this is so goddamn cute. This is great. And yeah. when she's Aiden, taking the pictures at the beach... Hayden's just putting so much, like, fangirl energy and charm and comedic timing and crazy gremlin into her. Another thing is just, like, when she's being used by Shiro to buy stuff, it's like, I was trying to escape reality by doing a little retail therapy online. 
and just bought everything. Somebody's hitting that QVC pretty hard right about now. Oh Don't. God, I hope I hope Shiro is. Sm I hope Shiro was a wise fox and took away her credit card. Oh God! You know she didn't. <laughs> you I know she didn't. I know she didn't, and I know Shiro's <laughs> like, buy me more things. This is fun, but I can hope. Pra praise me. <laughs> but Hayden gives a lot of energy and comedic timing to this character. She sounds tired. She sounds energetic. She sounds super chaotic and crazy. And she is so fun and funny. And as far as like my first impressions of Hayden as an actress, I can say I'm really looking forward to hearing her in future projects. One so, thing I will say before okay. we move on. Um, uh, one of my favorite things, though, is that it's very subtle. It's blink and you miss it. But... I'm pretty sure she uh, she uh, makes a, a lesbian reference because when Shira walks in and and like she uh, in one of the episodes she's like I really got to get a maid girl like this like I she has yeah yeah I know what you're talking about so yeah, what you're saying has... is she she is whether she is committed to the team she has at least dabbled in going in both ways yes and I like that. <laughs> Good for you, you chaotic, possibly bisexual otaku gremlin. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Hayden. Fucking great work there. Looking forward to seeing you in more things. And she is not the only tired, overworked human in this show. It's now time to talk about Kuruto Nakano, a down-on-his-luck office worker who is so down on his luck and very stuck in his head in his mind in his place in the world in regards to his job until a tiny little fox comes his way and he's just like oh hello i'm going to jail if i'm caught with you i'm going to jail <laughs> basically that and then it's like oh no actually you're 800 years old and kind of cute and gave me good food that makes me miss my dead grandma and also their tail is very cozy and you step on my back oh god that was an interesting <laughs> episode but I'm, look it's just there's just something very funny about a tiny little cute fox grandma being like oh he liked it when I stepped on him, and she's just and and, and Koenji's just like, wait, what? <laughs> that was my favorite joke. I was laughing so hard. That was funny. But uh, did either of you have predictions for Nakano? Nope. Nope. Alrighty. So interesting thing about this particular prediction, because we brought up earlier one Junichi Suabe, because. You didn't. No, he, he, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So He did. The, the answer to whatever you think I did, I probably did. So, look, in regards to... I thought this character, aesthetically, was probably going to keep the voice and sound a little bit older. Because while he's probably somebody in his 20s or early 30s, Junichi Subway has a very deep voice of somebody who's like in his mid-30s, 40s. So I thought somebody who maybe sounded a little bit of an older register, but is capable of doing a younger character too, if need be, would be my go-to. So first off, my first prediction was Jason Lebrecht. 
My second prediction was exactly what you thought I predicted, Jamal, and I went with Chris Wakeham. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ian Sinclair. Oh, that also would have worked too, but no, I went with uh, I went with uh, Chris Wakeham and Jason Lebrecht, who sound a little bit older but are capable of to play characters I figure, who are in I that figured middle range. I figured he was in your, you know, it, I figured he was in your week camp, you know. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not the only one that thought it. I'm not even disappointed. <laughs> I just know that's how I know you're back. You're back and on board. You're making shitty puns at me. That's how I know you're back on the dub talk boat. I'm sorry. I've been trying to make the stupidest puns all night, and it, <laughs> you you've got a decent success rate at this point. I'll give you that. <laughs> you're doing good, girl. You're doing good. That'll do, girl. That'll do. Now, playing uh, Kurito Nakano is... I believe this is actually the first time we are officially talking about this one on Dub Talk. Aaron Campbell. Aaron Campbell has played Malcolm Wideborn in Legend of the Galactic Heroes Denoya Tessa. And has played a lot of additional voices and extras in such Funimation dubs like Chio School Road, Darling in the Frank, Radiant, and That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. This is probably not his first named role, but absolutely very first leading, le leading role. And Zen, I'm curious to hear what you thought about Mr. Campbell. Um, okay, the first thing that I should note is that I did not watch the sub for this show, except for one ep like one beginning of an episode, because um, I uh, I had to, forgotten to log into my Funimation account, so it automatically defaulted to the sub. So I did get a little bit of the original voice actor, and let me say. I am so happy with this choice for the dub because they make him sound so much younger than the Seiyu because yes. that was a little bit much for me. Um, this is just a perfect choice because this is a hard act to pull off. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of dramatic lines, but he has to pull off the worn, the worn out dragged out younger person he can't sound too old but he has to sound um old enough to where he's worn out and tired that is hard to pull off then again i kind of know how that feels living that day-to-day -day life but i think the voice actor does a fantastic job pulling this off i do agree that i think koenji's my favorite out of the bunch but he does a fantastic job, especially because there's he does such great comedic timing with a lot of his jokes. And I was simply losing it, especially when the the step on me episode where he, he starts blushing. He's like, let's 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 move on to something else. Let me change the subject. <laughs> I, I just think I just think this was very well voiced. All right, then. Jamal. Yeah, I mean, this is a new name, and 
I really like how they how he approached uh, Dakado with this voice because you know you want something that's soft spoken but yet sounds tired at the same time because it sounded like a cross between I want to say Sonny Strayed and maybe Matt Shipman to where like at the deeper end you could definitely hear the tiredness of his voice whereas at the other end he sounds very excitable. I mean, you know, this is a voice that says, I want to fluff your tail. Whereas in the subs, it sounds like, I want to fluff your Garfield. And... Wait, what? (laughs) Fluff your Garfield? The weird part is I found out what that meant uh, earlier this week. But yeah, it's like, again, Uh, kind of... Am, Jamal, am I gonna find this on Urban Dictionary? Is this like fluffing your pillows when, when we're talking about something like that, or watch who's lying? Okay, I found an Urban uh, Dictionary. It's on Urban Dictionary. Yes. Oh shit! Then we gotta cut that. What? What do you mean? We're gonna keep that in. All I can say is I now know what a fluff your fluff your Garfield means, and I gotta say, <laughs> I was not expecting anything sexual to ever be associated with Garfield, except for that one comic where John actually drinks dog semen. But, you know, that's a real everybody, thing, that's a real everybody thing, hates way, Mondays, including him. <laughs> look, yeah, because you... you- because you know Mondays are tiring when the work week begins. Look, but. look, Mondays suck. So sometimes you just gotta fluff your Garfield to just get yourself ready for the week. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal, I want you to know you have nobody to blame but yourself. I now have a very, very powerful new euphemism I can use. <laughs> This was not the way I wanted it to go. I need a minute. <laughs> uh, look, all I'm going to say is it makes it makes fluffing things in the show way more dubious than it already is. Ah. <laughs> uh, Okay. <laughs> I missed I missed working with you, Zed. <laughs> I do too. I miss this. I love you guys. <sighs> love you too. <laughs> okay. Alright, Jamal, please uh, continue. But yeah, Ed manages to make this character sound very natural and that and that's all of course thanks to Jade's direction, because you know. I thought fi- I cause like one thing I find with Jade's casting is like I think she finds a lot of, she involves a lot of her theater friends and so, and I can see why, because it very much shows in Aaron Campbell, like, this is, I know this is, like, a, his first major role, but for his, for his first big role, he did a very good job as Nakano. Mm-hmm. Na- Nakano, he makes it sound relatable to, like, as someone who's had to work long shifts in a tireless job, in a demanding job. It's a job where people screw up and you have to cover for them. Damn it, Matsuda. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm good. Alrighty then. So, this is truly like my first time hearing Aaron Campbell, period. I've not seen 
Legend of the Galactic Heroes yet, though I'm told it is fantastic, and I'm definitely hoping that they are able to pick up the second season of that and give it a dub. Um, but, this is my first time hearing him, and as I did watch the first episode in Japanese, I watched the first episode in Japanese, so I got to hear what Senko and him sounded like in Japanese. Junichi Suabe is a very talented actor, and he's very good at what he does. He can sound, like, older, gruffer, and sexier, but... I don't think that is the ideal choice for a character like Nakano, because he is maybe like late 20s, early 30s or something, but he's not supposed to sound like too old. He's supposed to sound tired, yes, but that's really the only benefit having an older actor kind of brings. This is a younger guy, but you can very much tell Aaron is able to exude that level of exhaustion and being a hundred and ten percent done he's noticeably deadbeat and tired at the start and then you can see he starts opening up more when he starts interacting with senko and he starts being genuinely touched by this kindness this warmth this love and support that she is giving him which there's a lot of things to comment about this show it feels as all at once fascinating and also kind of upsetting that the wish fulfillment fantasy of a show like this to a Japanese worker who's coming home, their ideal fantasy is having somebody greet them at home, tell them everything's going to be okay, and make them a warm meal. Because, like, going serious, that is not something a lot of people in that society can experience sometimes because they spend all their time working and nobody's really home they're just kind of going home for themselves and working and that's really it so there it is an actual medical uh term in japanese about working yourself to death it is a thing in japan because you're expected to work it doesn't even matter the quality of your work you just have to work the more hours you work the more valued you are mm. yeah 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 which, that is all at once upsetting, but it feels both interesting and also upsetting that the wish fulfillment of a show like Senko-san, which is actually demonstrated in the Super Senko-san time things at the end, that the fantasy is to have somebody be there, tell sw whisper sweet somethings in your ear and tell you things are going to be okay, which... That's an interesting discussion of itself, but I'm getting off topic now. <laughs> I want to talk about Aaron, because Aaron definitely sounds a lot warmer when he is around Sanko and grows into it and gets a little bit more sillier and vulnerable and a little softer when he's interacting with her. Though there's a couple of good lines he's got in there too, where, he's, where he could sound very gruff and so tired, but he also could be very childish when he's sleepy and tired, or he's like, work stupid and I don't want to go. And second, <laughs> and of course, also just I love how high his voice goes when he's just like, "Oh, it's so fluffy. Oh, I'm in fluffy heaven." And that stuff is very cute, though I think that's where the show gets a little bit like it sometimes skirts the line a little bit. Like at first, once or twice, where he pets the tail, it's like, "Okay, I can work with this a little," but it's very clear it's there's some embarrassment going on. The one time I wasn't okay with it is where he's very much like zombified and letting his desires out and he's like 
trying to force himself on Shiro to fluff her, and that's one of the- Shiro used her powers, it was not his fault. I understand that, but it's just the framing of that moment where it was the one time I was ever like, okay, this is- this is maybe a bit much here. Let's let's tone it back at least two notches, please and thank you. But he's really funny where he does that. I want to do the fluffy fluff, and he's got he's got a lot of good comedic range when he's doing uh, Nakano's voice, and he he works well off of Senko and Senko's actress. But yeah, like he sounds a little rough at first. There's a couple of moments where he sounds. Sometimes a bit too stiff for my personal liking, but he def you can definitely tell when he's giving his all, when he's doing some really good comedic comedic timing and fluffy fluffs. And I'll, I will give some benefit of the doubt that he is still a little green, but even being a little green, he does a good job. And I think Aaron does a solid job as Nakano. I also must say two very standout moments of his performance when he accidentally put his fingers inside the ears. Mm. <laughs> that was when, an interesting moment for sure. <laughs> and and when, when he was saying, is it possible to die of embarrassment? <laughs> the answer is probably. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said, Aaron... I'm very curious to see what else you are capable of, but I did enjoy you as, as Nakano. And now it's time for the title lady herself, Senko, who we will reiterate once more, is in fact 800 years old. Yes, we are aware that she looks like a child, but we promise she is 800 years old. It's okay. It's okay. She is legal. They're, that's that's the angle they're gonna go with. I mm, there's all there's a whole conversation about characters like that that I will not harp on too much. I will say all said and done, her design is very cute and she's very cute and I'm okay with her mostly just being a cute child character who's just a little bit of a benevolent fox. Then we'll leave it at that. Though. I did have some predictions at who I thought was going to play the role of Senko. Da, da, da. I'm, let's see. Pulling up my phone. Damn it! It won't let me take a picture of the goddamn place I put these, so I have to keep going back at it. Da, 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 da. I promise you, everybody, I am a professional. So professional, guys. <laughs> oh my god, I know, right? Okay, so I had two predictions that I thought would have been very fitting for the character of Senko. Bryn April, I thought would have been a very solid pitch because she's got a higher pitch voice, but I know she can sound a little more regal, authoritative, and maybe a hinge of wise old, like wise sage to her as well. And I thought the same was also very capable of Alexis Tipton. I thought both would have been very solid, acceptable choices for the character of Senko. Funny enough, my prediction for who I thought was going to play Shiro was actually Senko. Fancy that. Playing the role of Senko is our ADR writer herself, Kristen McGuire. 
Kristen McGuire has played such characters as Rin Toyama from New Game. On On Ona how God damn it, I forget how to say your last name. Girl from Real Life, Jamal. Ananoya. Thank you. Ananoya from Real Life. Thank you, buddy. Uh Hinano Kurahashi from Assassination Classroom. Tama from Magical Girl Racing Project and Malim, uh, besties for resties, from that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Zen, please start us off. Well, I really enjoyed her in uh, Assassination Classroom, and I have to say, she does a really awesome job in this. And again, this is a hard role. Not, not, a lot of this is me repeating myself, but it's a hard role because you're a small character who's supposed to sound old, but you want to sound cute. These are very hard ro roles to voice simply because the age range is so weird and so hard to pull off. And she does a fantastic job doing that. Um, I love when she acts all cute, but then she brings it down and you can definitely see her as a motherly older woman figure and a mother like a, a motherly figure in general and i know to some people this show may be a little bit awkward in some moments may seem weird but i think what she brings to the table really adds to more the motherly vibe she's there to help him out to to be there as a mother figure and I just enjoyed the performance in that regard. Can she be very cute? Oh, hells yes. But I think she does a great job of making this not as creepy as it could be. Hmm. So you enjoyed it very much, so. Yes, I did. I give it two floofs up. Excellent. Jamal, what is your floof rating for Kristen? Uh, four and a half tails out of five. Uh, the thing about it is, when I heard that Crystal was going to play this character, I, I was kind of expected, like, you know, her standard, like, high energy, a bit high strung, you know, that kind of usual performance you hear in any time you ever seen Crystal on screen. But when I heard her talk, it sounded very different than what I'm used to, and I actually kind of liked it because, you know, you could you could have just followed suit with the Seiyu, but even then, that would be kind of dubious. And this show is very wholesome, so you kind of want to tone it down for that wholesomeness, you know. Make it as close to real as possible. To which, if I think about it, I think this might actually be her first leading role. Really? Cause yeah, because I can I can't actually recall her in like any major roles. Like, when she's, like, at the forefront, you know? Like, she gets the most screen time. I could be wrong, but... Whether you are or not, this is definitely a pretty, like, major role in general. Yeah, especially when it comes to those little shorts at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, she did very well playing this uh, mother figure, I mean. And I... <laughs> I... Going back to what I said about the script writing, it was kind of funny, like, how she, the certain line she had to do with, uh, like, uh, who's anime, and I see this is that manga you talked about before, if you ever follow her on Twitter, you'll understand why, 
kind of reminded me of that Avanga line bit from Kiss Him Not Me. So that was kind of a neat touch. So, But I do like how Chris has to go straddle the line between being regal and being casual when she gets to know Nakano as the show goes on. Because even though the first episode, it was like, it was, it was kind of weird to Nakano at first. It just kind of manages to smooth out everything. And by the way, if you didn't notice, there was also a, <laughs> a little Easter egg. You know, you know when she has the soup in the stove and Nakano just sees her for the first time and she kind of felt sad and almost discarded the food? Uh, yes. If you didn't, if you didn't know, it's like afterwards, she just kind of like looked at the camera and I was like, Sly Fox, you. Yeah, I, saw, I love that. She was totally playing him. I was like, I. how did I not notice this the first time? Have you seen that smug fox? She's play, she can play some dangerous mind games if she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, though I really... That's why I really bought that bit she did when she said she had poured her heart into this that anybody's ever enjoyed Kristen's writing will understand. But yeah, she did very, very good in this role. Like, I really hope she... I know it's far off in the future, but I do hope she gets more leading roles as time goes on at some point. But for right now, <laughs> it's very good. Mm-hmm. Just whatever you do, don't, don't touch around the base of the tail. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Those screams. <laughs> make sure to have make sure to have some respectful boundaries when you are floofing the tail, please and thank you. Mm-hmm. A healthy tail is a happy fox. Remember that. Um. <laughs> anyways, phrasing. I mean, <sighs> it wasn't me yeah. this time. It wasn't you. So I can make sure to shame Jamal in silence all I want. <laughs> Kristen as Senko. So, she does a good job at making Senko sound really cute, which is obvious. You're supposed to make Senko sound really cute. But I think what she does better than actually even like Senko in, like Senko Seiyu in Japanese, because I actually like her Seiyu in Japanese. She played Galko in Galko-chan. Dub, dub that please and thank you, somebody, anybody. <clears throat> Anyways, um... But I think, she, like, they say you played up a little more of the whole, like, cutesy, like, little girl angle. But I think there's something about the way Kristen's tone of voice works, and especially a lot of the speech and mannerisms that Senko says, where she sounds like she actually is someone older and wiser. She sounds cute, but she's got a much stronger, loving, nurturing vibe without sounding too young like sometimes i am distracted by the design of this character looking too young but there's something in the way senko presents herself and especially especially in the way kristen sounds where she sounds like somebody who is a motherly figure who is caring and nurturing and speaks with that level of authoritative cadence she also talks in this very funny like how, how do i describe it while she is cute, and yes, she's playing a mom-wife, she talks a little bit like the sweet grandma who doesn't quite understand how the Facebooks work or how to get the likes and the hits. But she, God bless her heart, she's trying her best to interact with you online. She's the going machines to, are trying to kill me. 
Let's put it like this. As far as cute grannies, she is the one that is trying to send you the fun little... She is trying to send you fun little memes that she comes across and tags you very authoritatively. It's like, dear, I thought you would like this very much. I hope this is cute and it reminded me of you. I hope you enjoy it and have a good day. She's the cute, fa she's the cute Facebook granny instead of the less cute Facebook granny, so to speak. <laughs> anyways i anyways now you are imagining senko trying to use facebook for the first time is like nakano what's going on i found this thing that everybody's talking about it's called a dank maymay <laughs> not sure what's up with that but it's very what, amusing what? and everybody seems to like and heart it quite a lot what is a firefox <laughs> <laughs> oh boy I also love the the jo the meta joke of her trying to use the vacuum and getting scared. Oh, of the she gets scared of the vacuum. Yeah. That, that was actually cute. But uh, no, there's just something about the way Kristen presents herself and the way her for she's very formal and like po poised in the way she presents herself. And uh, just some of the things she says that crack me up. This apartment is free of crime. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. And she said, no, I remember that because it's like, what's going on in here? Is what's illegal? What's this illegal shit going on? It's like, this apartment is free of crime. I promise you. It's like everything is totally legal here. Can you have some food? Uh, is that a bribe? Yes. And, and I think I think I think my <laughs> my favorite line that really my there's something she says that really like hammers home to me that she is cute. And maybe, like, seems a little young, but she talks like she is older and wiser. It's this line, my goodness, you're incorrigible. There's something about yeah. that line where it's like, nobody would say that unless they're a lot <laughs> older. It's like, that really sells it a lot, but she's just really cute. She makes a lot of fun noises when she yells. Or even when, <laughs> oh, or he, my. oh, my favorite is when she's getting her own, like, back massage. She, she makes this very, it's not even like a sexy, ah, it's like a... It's like actually, I, I love when she talks to him. It's like the noises you make during your massage are so cute. I like the sounds you make. They're so cute, and it's just like she's so cute, but wise and like like she has seen some things and she understands the ways of the world. But she's got this mischievous, playful, teasing side to it too. It's just funny to see her say it's like, oh, he liked it so much when I stepped on him. It's just like, oh, <laughs> like. Look, I'm not going to say that, like, I am 100% on board with some of the premise of the little fox child that is actually 800 years old doing some of this. Most of the time, it's okay. I think the one time where it's just like, okay, we are now doing the bath bathing thing, and now I am just kind of looking away and waiting for the scene to move on. I am I would like for this to continue and on to another thing, please, and thank you. That's the only time I mean, I in, in in Japan, it's more a wholesome family kind of thing, but uh, yeah. I get, but it's also kind of like, I don't know, it's like, are you trying to do like a wife, wife, husband, mother, child, where, where is this going? I, I'd like you to commit to one and I don't know. That That's my own personal hangups, but for the most part, it is enjoyable. It is wholesome. It is healing. It is cute. And Kristen is phenomenal in this show and i would definitely say of the five or so uh characters Kristen as senko is without a doubt my favorite of the bunch 
And now is as good a time as any to move on to final thoughts. Zen. Um, well, personally, like, I'm... I'm a person who really likes cute things, and I'm very much... Okay, this is stating the obvious for those who know me, but I'm very, very gay. So, this show did a lot of good healing for my soul. This show was was just everything I needed, especially after my surgery, and food poisoning, and a fire, and let's just say... I was getting very tired, and I'm wearing an icy hot patch on my back, just so you know how tired I am. Um, yeah, like, this this show is very healing, and yeah, there are some squicky things about it, but I heartily enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the dub very, very much so. Ari came down this week, and we watched it together while laying together in the bed, and it was just... It was so cute. It was just something to watch before bed, and it was, it was very nice. Um, it again, there's a reason why this is called a healing show. She and me both do not like the Super Senko-san segments, but everything else, very nice. Okay, I was curious what you were thinking about those segments. I, I get what they're going for, but that is not like, for me. I, I. I don't really like it feels like it's aimed at a much younger child I, and it's just like I, I know what the purpose of it is but otherwise the show like it, the show does have a plot there's a reason for her joining his life and like there's more to it and I feel like the Senko segments kind of detract from that mm. okay fair enough mm-hmm. but overall favorable opinion of show and dub Yes, very favorable. Um, I, I honestly, I would watch again. It was very relaxing to my tired back in sciatica. <laughs> Alrighty. Jamal? Uh, my thoughts on the show, the dub, I mean, even though the show has uh, various bits of dubi- dubiousness at points, I find it very wholesome regardless. Like, I mean, they gave me some very sweet, very relaxed vibes, and uh, this is actually a show I've actually watched before I've had to work, because a lot, there'll be a lot of times I've worked night shifts, and sometimes I watch this beforehand. <sighs> uh, schedule. Anyway, but yeah, it was very cute, very doing it. I actually do like the Super Seiko segments, because not only does it, like, make me feel like I'm part of the show. It also is... It also feels like Chris is kind of talking to me at points. Like, it, al- it also helps her showcase her as a leading lady. And know, there's something cute about that. I just love to watch it. It's like... If it can make you... Melt your anxieties away, I guess. But other than that, every, everything was enjoyable from the dub to the show to the direction. I, I mean, with these kinds of shows, I don't know how it's going to end. But hopefully it ends on a really good note. Like, it can stick the landing. Like I apologize if I seem to jump on my words a bit. I Again, I got home you're, from a long ti- day of work. You're tired and... Right it's now. okay. Just lay down. We'll make you a nice hot meal. We'll get the massage ready. 
Jamal, I want you to know you are my friend and somebody I consider de very dearly. I am not cleaning out your fucking ears. I don't care what you say. <laughs> there are some friendship limits and... I clean my old ears, thank you very much. Good. Good. Alright. I'm sorry I'm taken, but... Fair enough. As, as am I, but yeah, I get you. Um, anyways. So, Senko-san. I wasn't sure what to expect. I knew this one was probably going to be cute and fun. And for like 90% or so, this was a very cute, relaxing, and fun time. It was also a very, very funny dub. Uh, there's only a couple of real standout performances, but you can definitely tell when they get to work with some real good comedic timing. They get to work with some real funny stuff and some really funny things to say in the script. Like, they're having a lot of fun with it, and I enjoyed it profusely. Uh, Jade and Morgan are doing some great stuff, and Kristen pulling double duty with both the title character and the script, and I think she's phenomenal in both aspects of the production. I think this show is pretty good for the most part. I do enjoy the character designs. It's very cute. It's fun and rela relaxing. I am just personally admitting that I don't particularly care for the trope of the, uh, this is, this is the body and design petite of a child. And it's 800 years old. We promise it's not creepy. It's like, it, it just, that is not a trope I particularly care for. Like, I've seen that in Fire Emblem and stuff and, like, some other JRPGs, too. I just, I'm not particularly into that kind of stuff. I think, that being said, the show's pretty fine for the most part. There's one or two moments where I kind of have to be like, <laughs> let's, let's move on from this segment, please, and thank you. But for the most part, it was nice and relaxing. It was very cute. It was very fun. I was very much enjoyed these characters, and I think this dub really brought out a lot more enjoyment for me than I was expecting. It's very funny, and it's a smaller cast with some newer names that are really showing me what they're going to be capable of in the future, and some may be forces to watch out for in the coming year or two at Funimation Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to watch the English dub of Senko-san, you can do so over on Funimation Now. I also believe that it is available on Crunchyroll as well, if I am correct. But regardless where you watch it, you can watch it on Funimation Now and Crunchyroll, both subbed and dubbed. We recommend although, it. Although you have to have a Funimation Now subscription to get the English, um, or at least the episodes that I viewed, uh, it could just be the latest, um, but I, yeah. I, I believe you do, in fact, need a Funimation Now subscription in order to log in and watch it. And just remember, if you're doing a trial to cancel your card after 14 days, if you don't wish to continue, because after 14 days, your card will automatically uh, register and do your first payment. So keep and that your in. card will be stuck in the flu forever. <laughs> I mean, that's all that's all look it's all fun and games until you get gum stuck in there and once you get gum stuck in the floof then you're just everybody's in for a miserable time <laughs> anyways so now that we have told them where they can find us uh you can tune in to us at dub talk podcast we're on youtube we also have a twitter page we have a twitch an instagram we have a kofi and very recently, by the time this will go up, we will have a live Patreon page if you wish to get updates, episode previews, clips, and or possibly put your put yours name in 
for a possible raffle of an episode you may wish to do. You may do that if you'd like to go support us on our new Patreon page, which will go towards new equipment as well as an RSS feed and helping our editors out. As for us, where can the beautiful people tune in to check you guys out? Zenith? Um, well, when I'm not being an old bionic woman suffering from health issues, you can find me over at youtube.com slash zenithwillreview, um, which I wish I could change it now, but apparently you can't change the name. Um, I am no longer Zenith Will Rule, I am Zenith Warrior Princess, and uh, yeah, um, that's that's where you can find me on YouTube. I also stream uh, on uh, twitch.tv slash zenithwillrule, and um, I'm on Twitter at zenithwillrule as well. Excellent. Jamal. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jamstar529. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Jamstar1. I have a blog, but I'm not really doing anything with it. I do, however, plan to venture to solo podcasting at some point, hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, as for what it's about, I will tell you at a later date. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And my name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me on Twitter at Mangaband9000. I'm also a community manager slash moderator for the Funimation forums and Discord. I am also a podcaster on another podcast called uh, the Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA alongside fellow Dub Talk cohort Jet. And that will be all for tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope, at least in some way, we were able to help you get just a little more calm and relaxed. And even if you're feeling a little stressed and lonely from a long, hard day of work, just know we at Dub Talk are here to pamper and spoil you to your heart's content and hopefully give you some nice, comfy floof to warm. I give you permission to pet my floof whenever you want. And a huge shout out to Ari. Love you, Ari. Thank you for letting me watch this. Alrighty. And with that, I think we're going to call it a night. Thank you all very much. And it's time for us to get some sleep. To get nice and cozy. Floofy floof! Otaku on, my friends. And... Sleepy, 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 sleepy. Keep it fluffy. Have a good one, everybody.